Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Oh, hold on, Marco. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Let me explain what I've been thinking here. So maybe we can have some fun. Because, you know, I've been coming back in studio, obviously. A lot of the times we would... We were doing the shows from home. And we love having you, Sal. It is nice. It's different here. It's a different feel. I can't. I got sick and tired of doing it from home, honestly. I was doing a, a, a mix of both, but it was driving me insane. Like, to a point where I didn't even want to be home, period, anymore. <laughs> so, mentally, I just was... I can't even go down to the basement. I don't want to do the show. Anymore. Now, it's convenient, obviously, for certain things. And I usually do the Sunday night slash Monday morning from home. I don't even like doing that anymore. But... Uh, anyway, it's nice to be in here with you and Fleegs, and we build a little bit of a camaraderie. Now, I don't normally do picks, like a weekly Football Friday thing. But I was thinking this, and you let me know, and Fleegs, obviously, uh, you as well. So I was doing this thing for Superbook Sports where I came up with a perfect parlay. And I'll just pick a parlay or whatever and, and record a video for him and send it over to him. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know what a parlay is, Marco? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just making sure. Uh, have you been in the movies in the last 15 years? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, 15 right, just, years, yes. Again, just making sure. Five? Yeah, you know what? I forgot. I actually took my son to see the new Jurassic Park. That was All last right, time. there you go. Right, okay, yeah. so you've been to a Marco movie. might not be a guy who bets on apps, but Marco definitely, back in the day in high school, submitted the sheet to oh, whatever student Oh, yeah, I definitely baby. had the sheet. Oh, definitely yeah. had the sheet. Nothing, well, yeah, and you know what that was? A parlay slip. Yep. So I've always been a sucker for the parlay. Yep. So why not try to come up with a little game here based on a point system? where we each pick a perfect parlay each Friday. Now, here are the rules. You can pick up to four games, okay? So a four-game max parlay, Mm -hmm. minimum would be two. The caveat here has to include either the Jets or the Giants' money line. So I wouldn't force you. We're not going to be forced to pick the Jets or Giants games with the spread, but the money line, which, by the way, and I know some people are like, oh, how could you pick a game without the spread? Try picking the Jets and Giants money lines all year long <laughs> just to win the games. This year you'd be taking a bath yep. for the most part. But I want to include the Jets and Giants, and you can pick. Now, the other part of it is a two-team parlay worth 10 points, a three-team parlay worth 20 points, Four-team parlay worth 40 points. Obviously, a Mm four-teamer is much more difficult. And you can choose whichever one you want to come up with. What do you think of that system, Fleegs? Are you a parlay guy or no? I am. I mean, sometimes, depending on the week. So this is Jets or Giants money line. If you like the spread in a Jets or Giants game, can you include that instead of the money line? Or would it be because you can't do addition to? Well, it's a good question. What would be the point, though, of it? Well, I guess if you really liked the Jets this week, you would probably want to take the points, not the money line. So if you like right, the then, Jets, then no, because short, so then you would have to take the money line, take the right. money line, or go to the Giants, right? Because I want it to be you pick either the Jets or the Giants to win. I think that makes it more fun, more challenging. How about, how about we even add if you do that, you get a couple extra points for going with Jets and like if you if you use the Giants, you want to make it underdog three. Or if you let use the Giants laying the three, if they're favorites, it's more right. difficult. So if you take the Giants laying the three instead of the money line this week, you get an extra couple points for that within your parlay. Well, do you want to then just make it? Do you think it should just be with the spread? Just forced to pick either the Jets or Giants with the spread? No, I I, I like the idea of the money line. Right. I would take away. Well, my, my thinking was, I, I I see what you're going there, but I think just stick to the money line for each week and just have to pick. One of the Jets or the Giants. Because think about it. This is going to be hard. It really is. Down the stretch, both of them, it's going to be difficult. Well, right. I mean, regardless of what the spreads are, especially Mm -hmm. this year, it is going to be difficult. I mean, you can easily – well, Giants this week, that's a tough one. I mean, we don't have to give away the picks here. That's a tough one, whether it's given the three or not. And you would think, like you said, money line, well, I don't have to lay the three. But still, they they can lose that game. Easily. Now, the Jets, yeah, you'd like to have the the cushion of the three-point spread, but that's part of the fun. Are they going to beat the Patriots in New England, or right, not? Right. Do you think they're going to beat them or not? Forget the spread. So, I, yeah, I think let's just stick to the money line thing. Want you- and that means if there's a week where you think they're both going to lose, you're just being picking that game. You don't have to take one of those teams. Right. You, you don't have to pick the Jets or the Giants to win. You correct. just have to pick the game. Correct. I'm you can sorry. take the Lions on the money line. Correct. I should have specified. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to pick that game. That's what I meant to say. So there you go. If you think the Patriots are going to win, see, you're thinking it would be, oh, I like the Jets plus the three. Yeah, but who's going to win the game? 
Same thing. Well, I mean, with the Giants, obviously, right, like, would so be different. A couple weeks ago, I liked the Jets with the points against the Bills. I didn't think they were going to win, so I w- the Jets would not be in my picks. Correct. Yeah. And I would have had the Jets' money line, potentially, in that because I liked them in there. Now, again, you could avoid that game, just have to go to the Giants. So that, Right, to I would have just taken the Giants' right. money line instead. Right. Or uh, what about, well, I guess it's not for the, it's done this year, if they're on a bye week. Well, that's a great question. You, you're then going to have to take one the, the one game that's remaining. So Marco and I would have been wiped out when the Giants were on their bye taking the Bills over the Jets. But now remember, you, you could also, I mean, you, you, we're obviously going to lose some here. Right, right. Well, more than some probably. Yeah, right. But you also then chase it with the four points. So a couple of elements that I like. I like it. that because if you're somebody who falls behind early in the right. year, whatever, I mean, next year if we do it the whole year, whatever it is this year, even starting midway through the season, if you get off to a rocky start, you can chase if you want the last few strategy. weeks. Strategy. There's strategy involved. You can do stack points with the two-teamers. You can chase with the four-teamer. Right. And you're automatically involving one of the New York games minimum. And listeners can play at home. Now, it's the honor system, of course. Not that there's anything on the line. We can have something on the line here, whether win or lose, whatever, dinner or something like that. But listeners can calculate their own standings at home as far as the point total. Because oh, I know a, a few callers system. that the games haven't even happened for this Sunday yet, and they already got every game right. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right, Jimmy and Jersey's already <laughs> at 600 points on the year with the parlays, the perfect parlays. And, no, but anyway, it's just I think if I were listening, you could maybe play along at home and be like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I would take this or that. All right, so what do we think? Do we like this system here? I like it. I like the creativity. I like how it's different. I'm All right, it. and Fleek's a big-time gambler, so I'm glad we have his approval. You're in on this? I'm in. All right, good. We'll do it three. Now, next week is going to be jumbled because of the holiday. We'll figure out a way to try to do it, and I'll at least mention it on the air if we don't get to do the actual segment. I'll the- text you picks, and I'll listen to the segment for the car when I'm driving <laughs> it for the morning show. Right, he's doing the mornings. You're doing what I'm you doing, doing two afternoons next week. Hey, wait a second. He's doing the mornings. You're doing the afternoon. I'm doing the overnight. <laughs> What the hell's going on over here? <laughs> Get me off the overnight! Pretty, 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 please! I'm on my knees! No, all right, so we'll, the plan will be to do it every football Friday, 3.40 a.m. All right? All right, we're in. I love it. So we'll do it starting this Friday, starting today, 3.40 a.m. I have to look at the lines myself. I'm sure Fleegs already has the lines. He's got his picks. <laughs> but remember, strategy involved. The you reason I'm laughing is because I think after this week, I am only here one more football Friday the oh, entire geez. year. Of course. So you'll be reading my... I'll, so I'll give you text, a couple huh? texts. Yeah. Uh, what do you want me to tell you? I finally took the time to think about something creative. I go, <laughs> the creative juices were flowing today for whatever reason. I mean... I'll, I don't know. One football friend the No, he'll be here. I mean, during the holidays, probably not. But then after that, we get the well, playoffs that, as well. not here, I mean on another, either not yeah, here or at a different shift. Right. And that's all right. Well, we can, you could can even call in if you had to. I don't care. On your way in if you, if you need to. We'll, we'll figure it out. But it will happen between us. All right? I'm in. We're good to go. So starting 340 today. So that means prepare your parlays. The perfect parlay. 340 on Football Fridays. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Robbie is calling from Lennox. What's up, Robbie? Hey, Sal. How you doing, bro? How are you, Robbie? I'm good, man. Doing all right. You know, doing a little radio, doing a little music. Yeah, doing fine. Anyway, listen, before I talk about the Giants, I got to tell you something. I am really ticked off with the Rangers. I know it's early in the season, Sal, but I have many concerns about this team, and my first concern is a minus two at five on five this season. It's just inexcusable. I'm sorry. I, oh, I, yet again, they can't score unless they're on the power play. That's a problem. That's a big problem for me. And when you see the development of a guy like Nico Heischer and a guy like Jack Hughes, both number one picks, and you look at the way that Lafreniere and Kako have developed, they made a total bust. I mean, Lafreniere has two goals and three assists in 18 games this season. 12 That's, wins in a row for the Devils. Yuck. Know, so, yeah, yeah, it's 11, 11 wins? Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, is it 11? I'm sorry. I thought it was yeah, 12. Yeah. Well, I think it's 11, but that's just oh. outstanding. I mean, you know, we all know Lindy Ruff's a good coach. We all know They now. won last night. You're counting that one? I don't know why, why I got 12 in my mind. Maybe it's because they're going for Toronto. Yeah, they won up in Toronto. They beat yeah. a really good Leafs right. team. Uh, you know, and they're getting good goaltending, too. I think I think the addition of the kid from Washington was really good. He's played really well. But Yeah, 11 straight. I'm sorry. Rangers, you're right. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about the Rangers. And I just really, jinxed them. Maybe yeah. I just jinxed them subconsciously. 12 in a row for the Devils. <laughs> now they're not going to get there. Take that, New Jersey. <laughs> Great, take that jersey. But anyway, yeah, I mean, the thing about the Rangers that really bothers me is, again, I've said this many times, this team has too many of the same type players. Go get me. I keep saying to one of my friends, a diehard fan, too, I said, where's Stefan Matteau and Brian Noonan? I mean, they do Ooh, not I love have Noonan. guys. 
that play below the goal line. They just do not have enough guys that attack the net. If you watch the Islanders, you watch the Devils, even the Devils, these guys attack the net. The Rangers don't have up and down north and south guys. They have east west guys. I'm so tired of watching Panera going around the circles, around the net all the time. It's like, I, I don't know what the answer is. And also, too, on defense, Keandre Miller's a big guy who plays small. And they just need to, you know, they talked about Joel Edmondson. I know the scouts were out scouting Vancouver, and they're looking at some players. All right, Robbie, you're boring me with the hockey talk. Okay, Get to the Giants. Anyway, i got to go to football. You know, yeah. to the Giants. Okay, all right. You, you I mean, you're doing a, you, it was nice to touch on. We way too deep on it. All right, let's get, know, you got, got, get to the Giants. I know yeah. it's early. I know I got you it's early, but still, but still concerns me. Anyway, about the Giants, you had mentioned something about Daniel Jones about opening up the offense. But the thing about the thing is, they haven't really been able to open offense because they they just don't have enough guys to stretch the field. So what you'd rather just shorten the game and try to run the ball against Detroit, who's not a particularly good defensive team, and just you know try to keep the offense of the uh, Detroit Lions off the field because to me that's their strength. So why why not shorten the game and keep you know running the ball with Saquon? Well, that's what they got to do. No, of of course that should be the game plan, and that has been their game plan. But what I meant was that they may get into a situation. And thank you for the call, Robbie. We appreciate you checking in. They may get into a situation where they're going to have to open it up if the Lions score points the way that the Lions are capable of scoring points. That's what I meant. Not that they should go in with the plan to open it up and attack. That should never be the case. But at some point, the Giants are going to get down big. And they were down in the Green Bay game, but they were able to come back in that. And as we talked about yesterday with John Schmelk, who, of course, works for the Giants and, and does the podcast for the Giants, They've been able to come back running the football. At some point, they won't be able to do that. And they're going to have to do it through the air. Now, my motto is always run it until you don't have and until you have to throw it. Why throw it if you don't have to? I don't care where today's NFL is going as far as opening up the offenses. Run that football until you have to throw it. And at some point, it was more of a a look ahead and maybe a prediction for how the game is going to play out where if the, the Lions are scoring a ton of points, you, you would think Daniel Jones at some point might have to throw it. Obviously not the game plan going in. No, of course it should be keep the ball away just like they do every other time. Run the football, control the clock, keep away, and let the Lions beat themselves. Look, the Lions aren't very good. I know some people are saying, oh, this, and even Schmelk, you said it yesterday. Oh, this could be a quote-unquote trap game and the, you know, the the... Lions aren't as bad as you think, and they could score some points. Yeah, maybe, and that's why I said maybe it's a bad matchup. But the Lions aren't good. I mean, they're 3-6 and six for a reason. But they can score points. Lions on the year, 219 points so far through their first nine games. The Giants at 187. Now, the points against is the huge difference. Lions have allowed 264, where the Giants have just allowed 173. They play two different styles. Lions play a hectic, frantic, open-it-up style. And the Giants completely buttoned up and close to the vest and and more you know, discipline or a smarter brand of football. Bill is calling from Staten Island. What's up, Bill? Hey, what's up, Sal? How are you? How are you, Bill? Good. Listen, about the Mets, why can't they just... Call his agent, DeGrom's agent. Say, his three years, 132, 44 a year. You get a little more than max. We want to know by Thanksgiving. I mean, they got to get the ball rolling here. Well, I mean, how do you know that they didn't uh, present that offer yet? Well, I don't know that. but me, me neither. I'm just saying that it's possible that they did, and DeGrom is just waiting to see what other offers might be there. And I have heard, and I'm assuming it's been reported, but I've heard, and we have reported, we talked about it a lot, that the Mets would be reluctant to go to the fourth year. But somebody is going to give DeGrom that fourth year. If somebody's willing to pay three at, say, what would you say, $43 million a year or whatever it was? Yeah, 44 132 for three. Okay, right. So somebody's going to be willing to pay that. All right? I believe you're going to get right. 130 or around that for three years. And if somebody's willing to pay that, there will be one team that will say, okay, the hell with it. I'll give them the All fourth right, year. Don't let the door hit them. Don't let the door hit them. You wouldn't go four? You draw your line at three. I don't know. I, listen, I, I'm, you know, especially right, you know, the outfield. Do they need? They need a whole bullpen. I'm not against bringing Conforto back either. Put right field. Put Marte in center. Put uh, McNeil in left. 
get Trey Turner for second, or if he don't want to play second, see if Correa wants to play third. Right. I'm and look. Third. I'm for the big spending in in the offensive side or in the, the lineup too. What are they going to do? Well, Alvarez, you know, keep, Alvarez eventually. Them. I mean, maybe they maybe they look well, to get a different. They're going to send them down. They're going to they're going to have him sit as a backup at 21 years old. No, maybe they have him. That. Maybe they have him part time playing. And look, you didn't mention Nimmo. I know you mentioned the outfield without Nimmo. Yeah, no, he's Did gone. you? Are you familiar he's with the program? He's you, way out of their realm now. He's, are you familiar with the program Baseball Night in New York on SNY yes, at 6 p.m.? Yes. Okay. So on t- on yesterday's episode, Jim Duquette, former Mets general manager, of course, he's MLB analyst, he said, and I almost fell off my chair on the, on the set, he said he believes that Brandon Nimmo is going to get around $150 million. Yeah, $150. That's why I didn't bring him up. He, and that the Mets are going to – he said the Mets want him so bad they're going to give it to him. Oh, my God. And that kills everything else. I, they can't That's, be spending 150 million on Brandon Nimmo. So then the Mets and the Yankees are like the same thing. They bring back Rizzo, and if they do sign Judge, and the Mets bring back, you know, the Nimmo and Degrom, they got the same team. Right. They both didn't win nothing. Right. <laughs> exactly, you know? Bill. I do know what you're saying, and thank you for the call. Right. That's exactly what I don't want to happen. I don't want the same exact teams back for either the Yankees or the Mets. There might be minor changes. The report yesterday, and I forget who had it. Maybe it was the Post. Maybe it was somebody else. Uh, I, I generally forget where uh, where I read it. Probably the Post. That the Yankees are, or that Kiner Falefa is on the trade block. That Glaber Torres is on the trade block. So they're looking to maybe change things there and open something up for maybe the young kids. With the Mets, you know, I w- like I said, I, I would draw the line for Nimmo at $105 million. They want him back. They love Brandon Nimmo. I think it's a huge, huge mistake. Huge mistake. Paying Brandon Nimmo $150 million. Brandon Nimmo! He's not even a good... Now, he got better defensively. Don't get me wrong. He's not a great center fielder by any stretch of the imagination. Plays way too deep. Has zero arm. You Do the pros and cons with Brandon Nimmo. It's a fun one. Pros. Homegrown. Great attitude. Great character, great hustle, has improved his game, can go back on balls well in center field, works the uh, works the count, solid contact, high on base, great smile, runs to first base when he walks. Cons. Not very fast, or at least not a great runner on the base pass. Not like Nemo's going to steal, you know, 25, 30 bases, whatever it may be. Doesn't come in on balls in center field. Doesn't come in on balls well. Plays too deep. Has zero arm. Does not hit with a lot of power. Does not hit for high average. Those are issues to me. I like him. Solid player. And I can live with him. If you get another big bat. But how are you getting another big bat if you're paying Brandon freaking Nimmo $150 million bucks? I'm sorry. Can't do it. Can't do it. Won't have it. Mike is calling from Babylon. What's up, Mike? Yeah, well, I mean, my first comment was to the guy who was uh, calling uh, Showalter the Belichick mini-me, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, Going I didn't even in, really acknowledge the rest it. Of the, yeah, yeah it, into the rest of the conversation. It's, it's very hard. I, you know, we got Uncle Steve now with the Mets, and, you know, you're looking at long-term contracts and everything else, and, like, really everybody's calling in, and, and you're looking at a uh, a budget of, what, 500 to $550 million a year for everybody on the team. They've got to make They've got to make decisions somewhere. Right. And where are those decisions? Get. What don't you get? I, I was looking forward to your call. I thought you were actually going to make some good points. You can't just blatantly curse on the air. That wasn't even a a small curse slip up. That was a big, blatant curse word. And you said it with passion and emphasis as well. Like, come on. You're on the radio here. This is not a podcast. I mean, it will be podcasted for your listening listening pleasure. And, of course, you can check out anything you might have missed on the free Odyssey app.
but it's not a podcast. We're on the radio. We get in trouble if you say something like that. Anyway, I'm going to assume it was by accident, but you got to, come on. You got to know going in. Where's that filter? I was curious to see what he was going to say because he had uh, was making some good points. I'll stick to the best point that he made is that you do, or they do, have to make some decisions somewhere when talking about the Mets. They can't bring everybody back and then improve the ball club because they're not going to have a, you know, $600 million payroll or whatever it may be. Now, if things change, people come off the books next year, whether it's McCann's only got one more year left, right? And I think Robinson Cano's still on the... Oh, McCann's got two more after this? They may just cut him, man. He's only making $10 million, right? Cano's got... Well, this- I've read there's a lot of people that think you'll be able to trade McCann somewhere. Okay, so they'll probably look to do that. Cano's got this year, and that's it, right? Correct. Cano is done after this year. Million so or whatever. $20 million off their books. Yeah, I mean, that's a significant amount that's going to come off next year. But, and look, if they bring DeGrom back, all right, he's back. If they bring Nemo back, all right, he's back. But then where are you improving this team? They have to sign you know, guys in the bullpen. Adovino, I know, wants to be back. I mean, you do the math. At some, at some of the positions, and this is why it's important to build a good farm system and be able to replenish, like if they had a center field that was ready right now, a center fielder that was ready right now to take over, let's say, I don't know, Jared Kelnick. You're letting Nimmo go. I'm not paying him $150 million when I have Kelnick who could do it for you know, 500000 or whatever the, you know, 800000 whatever the minimum is. That's how it works. Can't pay a closer $100 million. Can't pay the shortstop $340 million. Can't pay the pitcher, the, the two pitchers, a combined $90 million a year. And then lock up Alonzo and lock up McNeil long-term on top of the other contracts that they have and then fill out the roster. Like, it just doesn't work like that. Which is why if I'm looking to improve this ball club, there's no chance in hell I'm going to $150 million on Brandon Nimmo. No chance in hell. I will spend that money on an actual star player. I'd rather spend 250 on Trey Turner than 150 on Brandon Nimmo. But hey, that's just me. And same goes for the Yankees. They're going to have to pay four, you know, 350, 370, 400 million for Aaron Judge. Who the hell knows who he's going to get? I mean, 400 seems ridiculous at this point, but hey, you never know. MVP, 62 homers. Share me the money. But they can't, all right, they bring Rizzo back, then Judge, then what? The young guys are going to be the improvement? Where are they spending to improve this ball club? Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. When it comes to sports, it's all happening right now. Football, basketball, hockey, and soon enough, the World Cup. And there's no better place to wager on all of it than Superbook Sports. When you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day, Superbook's going to give you a bonus up to $1,000. When the sports world is busy, it's time to get busy winning some money. So download the Superbook Sports app or visit Superbook.com to wager and win today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I am currently right now searching Superbook as I get set for my perfect parlay. As we begin our little tournament here, um, did you do any research, Fleek? Do you have an idea where you're going here? Um, I already have, There's one game I already really like this week. Uh, well, actually, there's two that will be involved if he's a local team. So I just have to decide if I'm adding in the third and the fourth. I love one game, and then I was trying to go over the locals, and I was like, damn, this is tough. I don't know this week with, with either of these two. Obviously, you have to have one. And I'm going to take a little look here. But yeah, hopefully Marco, I know he's between cutting tape and doing the updates for all the other networks. Maybe he has time to put this parlay together. He's going to hate me. He's going to hate me. We'll figure out what we'll do at the end of it, too, for the winner. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, this week is not a great week to get started with it with some of the games here. Oh, I know one. I just saw another one here. All right. Either way, that's coming up at 340, the perfect parlay tournament. Eight, Listen, seven, that's, that's when you win these bets. The weeks where you're like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, right. I don't the feel great about conf- it. Oh, these four games, they're a lock. Those were the weeks you never win. You know what I love, too? I, that's what I was thinking. Like, I just love the competition of it. Forget about, 
I guess the record, too, for regular picks is fun, but this just makes it different. And fun. I love the competition, me, you, Flea, me, you and uh, Marco, and you know the listeners, I'm sure you know, some of them will choose to play along. It's, it, it's a fun gambling it is. game. I, listen, me, Harris, and JJ did it together right? for years, because even when JJ was part-time, he was still doing the Friday shows. So we did that for years, and we had a lot of fun with it. Right, exactly, between each other, right? It's a camaraderie thing. That's what I loved about the Mike and the Dog stuff, where they would do it forever. I don't remember, though, the records. I just remember them giving those picks. Although, yeah, I guess they did have the records throughout the course of the year. But those two guys, I'm sure somebody kept records. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Exactly right. Especially the over-unders. That's what always made it fun. And they would go back to the over-unders at certain points in the year. You know, like we did uh, a couple weeks ago. We could do that maybe after Thanksgiving and recheck on those uh, over-unders. But they would do that with every sport. I wasn't necessarily into around the NBA listening to those guys. But when they did the over-unders, all of a sudden I care about the Phoenix Suns. Which, by the way, was the one that uh, expedited the breakup. I told you that story. You did. I just know two of the most fun days of the year working here over-unders for football, and over-unders for baseball. Oh, they're so great. I love it. Live for those. We did both, right? We've been doing both. That's we a, did, th- yeah. That's we something. didn't do baseball in 2020 or last year because you started right after the season got underway. Oh, but right. But I think we did football, and then we did baseball and football this year. Right, okay, good. So we'll keep those two going forward. All right, um, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Whatever you want to discuss, we started the show talking about football. It's a football Friday, and then somehow we're talking about baseball and the hot stove, which is fine with me. Just keep them coming. Joe is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Joe? Um, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. How are you? Listen, about your, about, first of all, about your football takes. I don't know why anyone would take your football Bye, takes. Bye, Joe. Dino is calling from Maryland. Dino? It's been a while. How you been? How are you, Dino? Good to hear from you. I'm doing well. Yourself? Oh, uh, not bad. Couple of things. Um, the the Ranger call earlier brought it up. Um, and I agree 100. percent Their five, Ranger five on five is completely different this year. Whereas, um, in the past, like last year, they get the second time scoring. This year, they seem to do better on the power play than the um even strength goals. That's the one thing I know is even Maloney said it tonight. They're like a minus two going into um last um after last night after last night's game. Say that say that again now. They're better on the power play than they are on even strength again. What did you say? Uh, Dino, are you with us? Oh, I'm not sure what happened there. What's up with this? What's going on here now? One jerk and then one guy whose line went out. Bill is calling from Staten Island. Bill? Yeah, how you doing tonight? How are you, Bill? I can't complain. That's good. Uh, just uh, agree totally. I love Nimmo also, but can't give him that much money. One hundred fifty million. Come on, dude. No way. Not even close. Like you said, I'd rather give Turner the two hundred to two to three hundred million, only because again, with the game is actually going to be changed next year with the two big rules: no more shift on base percentage, more doubles. And what? How do you think the game is going to be affected by the new rule? Just two, the pitcher could only throw to uh, first base twice. Well, I, don't, throws over. I don't know about that being impactful, but I do think you bring up a good point. We heard about it and talked about it when Anthony Rizzo re-signed with the Yankees. How there's going to be an expectation that his numbers will get better. He'll hit for a higher batting average because of... We're not going to be playing softball. We're not going to have four outfielders. Right. So, but but then how does that impact a hitter like Brandon Nimmo, a guy whose strength is walking, right? Wouldn't you want... Man, he could put the ball in play. Yeah, walking, but still, after he's no stolen base threat. Like Turner would, Turner would. Well, do you? But you can't compare the two players. I mean, Trey Turner. To your point, Trey Turner is a legitimate superstar Certainly. in Major League Baseball, and Brandon Nimmo is not. Before you cut me off, yeah, I would just want to mention one thing about the Met Yankee thing with Judge. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, no problem. I'm just saying that I'd rather invest. And again, we're we're uh, you know thinking the same thing here, Bill. I like Brandon Nimmo. It's not a knock on him. I don't like mm-hmm. him at 150 million bucks. If you tell me, if you tell me money doesn't matter, and you could go get Trey Turner or Carlos Correa or a big bat, mm-hmm. whoever that may be, in addition, fine. If not, I'd rather pay Judge 350 than pay Brandon Nimmo 150. I I'm, I go after Judge. He wants to go to San Francisco. Hey, tell him for two years stay stay here in New York. Come play with us. Give him forty-five. Give him a hundred for two. 
then he could go to San Francisco, retire there, nice warm weather, get a six, seven, five-year contract, whatever they're going to feed him. Come, don't even move it out of New York. Come to the Mets for two years for hundred. Well, years. he's not going to do that. I don't. Uh, he wants the big contract he now. He on himself, Sal, and, and he, walked away from he, the two thirty. He, he won, but now he's going to cash in. He, now's the time to cash in the chips. You can't roll the dice again. So he's going to get a long term contract. But think about it this way, Bill, and then you can get to your other point that you wanted to make. Think about it this way: Would you pay Nimmo say twenty five million per year, or Judge say? Between thirty-five and forty million per year. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Certainly, I don't care how long the deal is. Anyway, what was your other point you wanted to make? But the long time, the long time contract. I I can't give Judge six, seven years. Oh, that's Yankee what you want to talk about. Stadium, Judge, right? Rice Field yeah. is a perfect field for him. Yeah. All right. But worrying about him covering all the field in center field. Well, you don't have to worry I, about I it because the, it. the Mets aren't going to do it. And thank you for the call, Bill. The Mets aren't going to give him a long-term contract. They're not going to give him any contract. They're not going to go after him. But they should. I wouldn't worry about what ballpark Judge is going to be playing in. He's going to hit. As long as he's healthy, he's hitting 50 homers, regardless of where he plays. You know, Judge, after he won the MVP award last night, came out and said winning is the most important thing. A team that has a winning culture and you know, a successful organization and tries to win each and every year. And I'm sure many people look at that and say, well, that's the Yankees, which there is some truth to that. However, the Giants have won three World Series since the Yankees have won their last one. Now, what is that, just a fluke? Three. They won three World Series since the Yankees were in their last one. The Giants could have a winning culture as well. They might not have as much money, although this year they're going to be big spenders. But he grew up a Giants fan. That's his hometown. And they do have a winning culture there. Even in a down year, what were they, 500 this year or right around it? I would be, and I know everybody is, from a Yankees perspective at least mildly concerned about the Giants because potentially they have something that the Yankees can't offer, the chance to go home. Everything else they could, winning culture, resources, the captaincy, Monument Park, legacy, all that. So does he want to go home? And for potentially more money, who knows again? we got to see the offers. Yankees, Brian Cashman said they have made... A, an offer to Aaron Judge since the initial offer that was rejected, the $213 million before the year. Now, what that offer is, who the hell knows? Well, I'll tell you who knows. The Yankees and Judge's people. And soon enough, we'll find out. But Judge is going to enjoy the free agency tour. MVP Aaron Judge is going to enjoy his free agency tour. Dino calling from Maryland. What's up, Dino? Sal, sorry about that. What before. happened? I'm going to repeat what I said. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. What happened? Your line went out? Somehow, which weird. Like, I had the phone I had the phone by my ear, and for some reason, like, it must have... Uh, oh, shut off. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, like a sensitive thing on my end on my phone. All right, no worries. What do you got for me? Maloney said it best tonight after the game. The Rangers are minus two when it comes to five-on-five five versus right. um, scoring on the power play. Right, but that's how it was last year, Dino. They were the same thing. They could score on the power play. They couldn't score at even strength. It was a problem. Also, the other thing was um, secondary scoring, like Kako, Lafreniere, and even Kreider are not putting the puck in that, whereas, like, Mika's off to a great start, and even, like, Trocek say, like, a goal and assist. That's, like, the one thing I've seen different compared to last year's team. Well, Trocek is better than Strom. I still think the Rangers are better this year than they were last year, but you're seeing a couple of things. Shesterkin has not been as good, and, you know, you mentioned it. Kako, Lafreniere, for this team to have Stanley Cup-type success – they need those young kids to take a step up here. I mean, a call referenced it before with the Devils. I guess it was Robbie and Lennox, whoever it may have been. Referenced it before with the Devils, how their young guys are stepping up and performing. The Rangers are not. Lafreniere and Kako aren't doing anything. Right. And that's the other thing. The Devils start. I, I, I mean, I knew they'd get better, but I never thought 11-game winning streak right now if they're currently on that. That's amazing as far as the way they're starting. Well, we'll see if it's sustainable. Obviously, they're not going to win uh, win out the rest of the year, but we'll see if the Devils are for real as the season goes on. And maybe we get a year where you get the Islanders, Devils, and Rangers all in the postseason. 
Agree 100% on that part. You know, it's still, you know, this um, road trip here, that will be like 21 games, I call it like the quarter, the quarter in the season that we'll get an idea as far as how the Rangers go going forward. But I agree with you as far as the... the uh, at least they get a point. Year. I mean, at least they get a point, and they got the Sharks got up on Saturday, Kings on Tuesday, the Ducks on Wednesday before returning home Saturday to the, the week after, you know, the Saturday after Thanksgiving to take on the Oilers and Connor McDavid. Looking forward to it. And then for the giant point, the way things are going this year, do you see um, Slayton become like the number one receiver on that team? Well, he is the number one receiver on the team right now. I know people get excited about Wondell Robinson, and I understand why. Uh, there's still hope that there's potential for Odell Beckham Jr. And thank you for the call, Dino. Appreciate you getting back to us. But yeah, I mean, Slayton right now is their number one guy. Now, is he a true number one receiver? No, but he's their number one receiver, and he's made big plays, and he's gotten better. And hopefully, and look, they're going to need him. Hopefully, he can continue to be an impact player for him. At least maybe he can be one weapon in the passing game for Daniel Jones. Because other than that, it's basically Saquon, it, not basically, it is the Saquon Barkley show. It's Barkley and Jones. That's it. Galladay, I thought, maybe had a chance. I just, I can't comprehend what happened with him. How does that happen? I mean, the dude can't catch a ball wide open over the middle of the field. Like, what's wrong with him? He was a good receiver for the Lions. He was a very good receiver for the Lions. His only issue was staying healthy, which has obviously been an issue here too, but it's not his only issue. Even when healthy, he can't catch. So, yeah, right now, Slayton's their guy. Until Odell gets here. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We got Brian Cashman doing that, uh, sleeping in the uh, the streets for the Covenant House, as he does every year. And I was reading, they were like, oh, he's not going to get any sleep tonight. Maybe like one hour as he stays up all night in the sleeping bag and, uh, you know, dressed in, in jackets and, you know, hats, try to keep him warm as he stays outside to bring awareness to um, you know, the, the, for the covenant house, um, charity. And I was thinking, um, boy, Cashman working the overnight. I can't, uh, you gotta give him credit for that. That is a, and we do the same thing every year. He doesn't have to do that. And to bring awareness to a charity that he believes in and stay outside in the cold. Think about it. Just easier to write a check or something like that, or talk about it, but to actually sit out there in the freezing cold all night and try to sleep there overnight. Yeah, I give him credit for that. And he did say jokingly, I'll keep my phone on just in case. Imagine Cashman working the phones, making some deals. Never know. While he's out there in the sleeping bag. But this is a, a cold night, too. That is a, a brutal night out there. Anyway, good for Brian Cashman. And good for the Covenant House getting the attention that, you know, Cashman is trying to bring toward it. 877-337-6666. Val is in the Bronx. What's up, Val? Good morning, Sal. How you doing, sir? Yeah, not bad. What's on your mind this morning, Val? Man, I, um, I got a couple questions for you, but it's interesting that you just said that because I have a buddy of mine who said something similar to that referring to Cashman. Because I was talking, I was telling him about that thing that I had mentioned to you about Jita coming on as a president, and he was like, yo, I don't think that'll work. Jita and Cashman don't get along. And I was like, well, yeah. And he's like, you know, Cashman's a tougher dude than you think he really is. And he brought up that kind of stuff, like, you know, the scaling the, uh, what is he, like, he repels down a building. Mm-hmm. He does that every too, year. yeah. He does this kind of thing. He's like, you know, don't take Cashman lightly. And I was like, yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up. But I got two points. Well, yeah, because he just, just did it last night. And you know, like you said, it is a, uh, first of all, I mean, you love when you see people in high places using their platform to try to help out. And it's a great charity. And oh, Cashman definitely. doing 
he does it every year. I give him credit for it. And it's very easy, like I said, yeah. somebody like that. Donating your time is one thing. Is one thing. Donating your time in this fashion is a totally different thing. So I respect. I have great respect it's a for sacrifice. That. Well, that's, yeah, a, no, that's a, a major one. Well, it's not just money. Anybody could, not anybody, but Cashman especially could write just write a check, a check yeah, or, yeah. or talk about it. But to no. actually go go do it and sleep out there. And, you know, it's a, a Covenant House, if you don't know, is trying to, you know, help out young people facing homelessness and survivors of trafficking through unconditional love and uh, absolute respect. And, you know, they it's good for Cashman to bring awareness to this program for a great cause. No, it, it really is. It really, and it's a good way to do it. You're, you're you're very very correct on that. You're very very correct on that. But to get to my point, so I got I got two two questions I wanted to ask you, and I wanted to see how you think about it. One is Yankees, one is Knicks. So Yankees first. Oh, baseball in general, with the shift and the, the rule changes that are going to come next season, am I crazy to 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 to, to kind of like anticipate? Anywhere from a ten to fifteen point jump in some of my uh, my batting averages. Yo, no, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, I would expect that, that's look. That's part of the reason why they want to ban the shift. They want to see players hit, uh, get more hits. They want to see more offense. So, yeah, I, I would. I don't no, know the my, exact my point is, total, but it should go up. That's the thing. I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to quantify it and how much I can can expect from it. I thought maybe you might have have some thoughts on that. Oh no! And how the hell would the, I know? The, the I don't. I don't know how anybody can know. Now maybe the analytical guys <laughs> you can. Know everything. No, well not that. You I know mean, everything. What um, do you mean? How would you? Know? I'm not Sal Stradamus, and I'm certainly not good at math. So how are you supposed <laughs> to predict that? <laughs> and, and you're right. It's different. It's different people as well. Different players who a were affected or impacted in a negative way. By the shift. B, guys who put the play. Yeah. Look, Joey Gallo, you may say that, oh, it's going to help Joey Gallo. If he strikes out a million times, then I don't care where the defenders play. It so, makes no difference. No, it's got to be, yeah, it's, yeah. it's got to help right. high contact pull hitters. I would think that that's what usually is a oxymoron. You would think that, yeah, I mean, well, Rizzo was one guy that we talked about specifically that he should see a jump yeah. up in average, but how many points exactly? That I couldn't tell you. That's a hard thing to know, yeah. All right. Um, Appreciate the effort, though, because it was it was really driving me crazy. But um, to get to my next question, I'd like you know yesterday and big ups to 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 Carton's son, man. That kid knows. That, I was listening today. He definitely knows a lot of stuff. Basketball, but Jones, Sonny Carton. I was blown away by his basketball knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, big ups to him. Big ups to him. I heard the last name, and it wasn't until later on that I heard you guys referencing and realized that it was true. What I was thinking might mm-hmm. have been that he was in fact related to him. Mm-hmm. But um. You you've been saying it the last couple of nights, and it, it's I've, you've been saying it for a minute now, and I, I actually disagree with you a little bit about it, only because I don't see it happening. You keep saying when it, with regards to the Knicks that we just don't have that superstar on our roster, and you're perfectly right with that, and that we need it. But my thing is, with the way the landscape is, I don't see that coming. So is it is it wrong for me to to want or to to think that I could really be trying to push, and Tibbs is the guy to do that, which is why I, I feel comfortable with him, to push more for like a, a Detroit Pistons under like a Larry Brown or like a Detroit Pistons even under Chuck Daly, where it was either with the Daly thing where they were just that deep or with, with uh, Larry Brown where like overall team performance and, and, you know, offensive and defensive execution was just as an overall team you know what I'm saying? As a team effort was just that far above from everybody else. Because you know, yeah, but they had they had better players, and it's not working. Like they had, they had better players. I mean, you can't, it's hard. Well, well, I'm I'm curious. You you don't you don't think you don't think we could we could if we were to try to take that route that you know if if because the problem is our, our players. It's not that they're bums. They're just not superstars. They're all, they're, they're, no, but they're, the they're also – well, what do you think the biggest weakness is for the Knicks players as a group? What would you say if you had to put one thing that they don't do well? The one thing that I think they don't, they don't do well is that they can't consistently count on offense. They don't shoot. That, that, yeah, they, person, don't, exactly, they don't shoot the basketball well, well enough. Well, that's, a, that's, that's me trying to say it in a nice way. Right. And no, but I yeah, got you. But it's, you go. a, it's the same thing. They don't shoot the basketball well enough. You're right. So that's a problem. So how then – it's not about effort. It, it's about they don't have guys. It's not just about a superstar. It's about their top players aren't good enough. But, Julius Randle's not consistent but the, enough. The, 
the team effort thing means that we, we start looking to, to, to play the game a little bit different. We start looking for easier shots. You know, we play more in the paint. Things that are, are more gimmies as opposed to like the three point shots. Yeah, but they don't. They don't have. They don't have that either, Val. They don't have that either. They don't. And, that, th- and thank you for the call, Val. As always, appreciate checking in. They don't have that either. Think about it. In today's NBA, it's all about the three point shot, stretching the floor, ball movement, stretching the floor, three point shot. The Knicks don't have any three point shooters. They don't have any bigs that are going to stretch the floor. I mean, you're going to say, well, what about Obi Toppin? Obi Toppin's not a good shooter. He might be the best, certainly of their bigs, the best shooter. He's not a good shooter. Doug is calling from Great Meadows, New Jersey. What's up, Doug? Hey, good morning, Sal. How are you? First How are you, Doug? Calling. Thank you. Uh, I got two points. One about uh, Judge, and the other one is an entertainment uh, thing. Okay. But uh, I wanted to bring up something about Judge, and I haven't heard anybody uh, speak on it, about the Players' Union having something to say about his contract. And I know people are throwing up a scenario where, you know, maybe he takes less money to stay with the Yankees, and I, I don't think that's a possibility because of all the fighting that they've done over the years of trying to get max contracts, that he's got to go where the most money is. Now, whether that's the Yankees or, or the Giants, that he's not, the Yankees are going to have to give him the most money, and it, most, it might cost them a little more, being that the fact that they, you know, they did him a little dirty with the, the, the you know, lower contract and making him go to arbitration. Right, but... No, well, A, I don't know what the Giants are going to offer him. B, let's just say that the Giants offer him $10 million more. He doesn't have to go to the Giants. I think the, the purpose has been served to where you get the teams bidding at a high level for Aaron Judge. It's not like, oh, well, he didn't take the $10 million and the players' union is going to freak out. No, it depends on how. Now, if the Giants offer him $400 million and he takes $320 million to stay with the Yankees, Nah, maybe they'd be upset about that, but still, he is the free agent. Yeah. He could choose wherever he wants to go. Yeah, but that that also sets a bad precedent for future superstar players where the next time a superstar comes up, if he decides to take less money and stay with the Yankees, say, or even if it was less money to go back to California and play with the Giants, that when the next guy comes up, and they say like Pete Alonso in a couple of years, and he starts negotiating, and they say, you know, the Dodgers offer him $400 million, but the Mets are offering him whatever, and it's less. And, and Steve Cohen turns around and says, well, look, Aaron Judge uh, took less money to stay with the Yankees. No, why can't you do that for us? Right, but other it, players it, have taken less money before. And even look at some of the younger guys that are getting locked up with Atlanta, yeah. for example. They're, they're leaving a ton of potential money on the table. So I think it's yeah. to each individual. I don't think that you're going to see, especially with the judge situation, where it's going to create any issue as far as players' union being upset about judge potentially taking less money. Okay. What's your, what's your entertainment one? Uh, I heard your last couple of weeks you spoke about you, you went and saw the Sandman, and then you're, you're going to see Dice uh, soon coming up. Yeah, December 4th, I, I think. Awesome, awesome. I got one more comedian you should check out. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name is Anthony Rodia. No, I am not familiar with him, Doug, and thank you for the call. Are you, Marco, Anthony Rodia? No idea who that is. Fleegs? Is that like his buddy that he's throwing out there? Maybe trying to pop, uh, promote him a little bit? I don't know. Never heard of him. Um, You're going to see Dice? Yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's tremendous. Dice? That's tremendous. I've seen him. My buddy TV Vin, who I talk about occasionally here, we grew up watching uh, on VHS Dice Rules from mm-hmm. 1990 at the Garden. Oh, yeah. yeah. Top of the world, man. Madison. I mean, I've watched that a million times. So we love Dice, and I haven't seen him in years, but we would go, he'd be playing at the Beacon Theater or at a small place on mm-hmm. Long Island. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this is. It's in Huntington, I want to say. Dice. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, I never saw him live. Marco, my face, like, <laughs> I, it hurts when I leave there. He doesn't even have to say anything, and he makes me laugh. There was, I, I forget, like, what was it, maybe 10 years ago? He did, like, a Showtime special. It was the first time I had seen right. him, and, you know, a basically since then. I mean, he kind of almost got blackballed, basically, in the early 90s. He did and, get blackballed, And that yeah. was it. With the MTV stunt. Yeah, and it was gone. It was, it was you know, you didn't find him anymore. So it was, he was good. That was, that Showtime one was the last time I saw him, and he was good. Did you ever see, there was a clip on, um, it's a clip on YouTube. I got to show it to you if you haven't seen it. And I, I don't know the show. He was on, like, CNN or something. He was, by the way, he's been a, a an actor in some big movies. Could like, you believe how good he was in A Star is Born? I was going to say, he was very good in the that. The father, yeah. Lady yeah. Gaga's father, yeah. tremendous. 
Hernandez, uh, Blue Jasmine. Have, you, uh, have either of you I seen I did not that? see Blue Jasmine. That's a Woody Allen, right? Uh, I believe so. Kate Blanchett yeah. won. Didn't she win for that? He was fantastic in that. First of all, he's brilliant. But there was a video years ago where he was doing a guest spot on CNN. It was kind of like a Larry King type thing, but it wasn't Larry. It might have been CNN. It was Fox. Who the hell knows? And the, the interview was like, what have you been up to? You've been running a gym. And he was like being disrespectful to Dice. And Dice is sitting there like, huh, what is this guy? And he's getting more angry by the minute. And then the guy starts going, you know, you're, you're running a gym. People, you've fallen off. People say you're running a gym. He goes, running a gym? Where do you get your bleeping information from? And he just starts going off. This is live television. And he's like, <laughs> Bleep this and bleep that. Gets up, rips the mic off. This is why I don't do these bleep. It. Oh, my God. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. With Dice. He's the best, man. I love Dice. Oh, man. I, I You should go. When is, when is December? Uh, yeah. It's a, All right. I think it's a Sunday night. You're probably working. Uh, I don't work Sunday nights. Really? Yeah. Um, could you? Would you go to Long Island? Ooh. Yeah, I know. That's the that's the caveat. That's a kicker right there. But uh, no, I might, depending on, yeah, if I could actually get out. I mean, Sunday nights are a little rough. You know, it's the only time I'm basically home. Uh, I know, exactly. You're going to hang out with Sal on Long Island to watch Andrew well, Dice play. It's not God with you. It's just the idea of, you know, telling my wife, like, oh, you're not home five, six nights a week. Right. Oh, yeah, the one night you're home, yeah, I'm going to go out. Right. Like, Hanging little... out with literally anybody <laughs> other than your wife and basically, kids yeah. is unacceptable. Even you guys, yeah, it's a little rough to get out. Real quick, what is your. Fleeks, are you familiar with Dice at all or no? Yeah, of course. Okay. What is your, like, would you grow up on, if I reference Dice Rules at the Garden, mm-hmm. you know, that whole special, yeah, that's my Murphy thing. stuff. Oh, man. I mean, Raw, Delirious. I mean, it's a little early but for, for me. But for Dice specifically, like his albums, oh, like what made you. You know what? Mm. Is there anything in particular or just. No, okay. I think it was just that time. You saw him everywhere. He was doing, he was on everything. It felt and like. And he's like, what, the first guy to sell out the Garden like that? First comedian? I think at the time it was, that was the case. Now you get guys that do that regularly. But back then, nobody was a comedian. No. I, the only one, I mean, well, because Eddie Murphy did one of. Oh I, right, Raw right. was at the Garden, right. so I can't. That I'm, was at the Garden too. Yeah. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah, so that's why I can't say. But that was also a movie. I mean, right. Raw I remember, came out as a yeah. movie, so it's a little, it's a little different. But yeah, he might have been the first one. I mean, again, that was a special, so it was a little bit different when Dice did it. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Sandman. I had a great time. It's different though, Sandman and Dice. Obviously, well, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, totally yeah. different. Yeah, same man is raunchy too, but not like Dice. And just Dice, I don't know. You just there's something about him that. Oh man, I love. I actually had him on my radio show once when I was down in the minors okay. at WOR. That was one of the advantages. I could get away with stuff. I could do whatever I want. You know, I was, down like, down, yeah, I was working on my game. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> down, down sure the oh, oh, I don't man. care. Yeah, That's, uh, I'm never going back there again. Although I had a great time there, I'm, I'm glad. I was happy for the opportunity. Uh, but I had dice on. As a matter of fact, I got criticized by the program director after the interview. Not harsh, but like he was critiquing me, saying that I, as the host, I needed to be in control of the interview. When I had dice on. I'm, it's dice. Wow. I'm like, this is. And I, I didn't. If he starts going, you got to let him go. That's kind of the point, isn't it? We it's, love you, Sal. If you're interviewing a guy like Dice and he's on a roll, nobody wants to hear you no, jump right. in at that That's point. The whole point you the right thing. It's Andrew Dice Clay. I don't know if it was that I wasn't jumping in. You know, Dice was like taking it in the direction he wanted to, like promoting his son or whatever. What, I, me, I don't care. I'm talking to Andrew Dice Clay. Like, let, let me alone for 15 minutes here. But anyway, it was just like you're you should you're the host, and you kind of knew in the back of your mind what could go wrong if you started oh taking the direction yeah. he didn't want. I was just being I was very nice and overly respectful. But it's the dice man. There are certain guys I'm not messing even me. Although now it might be a little different story. <laughs> oh, I got to show you that clip. All right, we'll get to Marco's update. <laughs> By the way, did you work on the perfect parlay? Uh, I have no, I haven't okay. had a chance. I'm sorry, I was cutting tape. And you got 35 minutes. <laughs> I was saying, Marco's cutting tape, doing <laughs> updates, and he's going to do the stupid perfect parlay now.